Welcome to the Modern Warrior Podcast. I am your host, Gavin Meenan, and this podcast is all about helping men to become unstuck in their lives and inspire and encourage them to move forward towards a life of strength, confidence, and inner fulfillment. So without further ado, here is today's episode. I hope you enjoy it. Hello and welcome to episode number 31 of the Modern Warrior podcast. Today I have Brendan Schmidt with me. Brendan is a men's and relationship coach and I'm really looking forward to deep diving into many of the issues and areas that are uh, that many people are struggling with at the moment uh, around this. So yeah, Brendan, how are you doing? I'm doing great, man. Happy to be here. It's an absolute pleasure to have you here, man. So, uh, so yeah, a men's and relationship coach. So, how and where did you uh, come about in terms of arriving at this point in your life? Yeah, so I'm I'm 28 years old right now, and this how I always say how I got started on this path was the fact that I grew up without a father. So I didn't meet my father until I was 16 years old. And that really prompted a, a journey for me of discovery around what it meant to be a man. Um, I got, I, I hit 19 years old and I really realized that I had no clue how to be a man, what it meant to be a man. And that really prompted a, a journey of discovery for me in that direction. Wow. Okay. So that's a long time without a father figure or even a, a role model. Would you have had a role model in your earlier years? No role models either. It was kind of just me out in the wilderness trying to figure it out. And uh, yeah, really realizing that I had no idea. So in my, you know, late teens, early twenties, um, I was just really struggling in a relationship with women and really realized that I just didn't know how to be a man. And there was a number of years where I was kind of just really spinning my tires in the mud. You know, I was, I was anxious. I was ashamed. I was afraid. And had a lot of pain, a lot of hurt, didn't really know how to deal with it. And it wasn't until I turned 25, I found a men's group and joining a men's group was a big turning point for me because it was the first time I was able to actually, well, I mean, I was acknowledged in the pain, acknowledged for the pain that I was carrying and I had space to actually dive into it. So that was a big turning point for me. And then throughout those teenage years, perhaps, was the fact that you simply weren't aware of the pain that you were oblivious to it or did you actually feel well, it there? I was definitely aware, definitely aware. It was, uh, hard not to be, I was really, really angry, really, uh, really sensitive as well. Like, like the littlest thing would just really throw me over the edge, either into anger or sadness. And so it was something that I couldn't really ignore. And I think when I turned 25, it really reached a, a boiling point for me where it was like, you know, okay, I've carried this for so long. I know that I'm carrying this. I was in and out of depression and uh, very anxious. And it, it was just at a point where it's like, you know, I can't keep going the way that I've been going. Mm-hmm. And were you aware of where that pain came from? Were you aware that it was the absence of your dad that caused it? Yeah, I think it was, uh, I, I was aware of that for sure. And just through learning and listening to podcasts and, and kind of doing my own discovery work, 
I really realized that, you know, when you don't have a father as a young man, it has a really lasting impact and it's something that you need to do something to address. You can't just, you can't just leave it and ignore it for your life. You know, it's, it's kind of festering in the background. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, I can somewhat, somewhat relate to that situation. Um, uh, like my dad was there, but he was, um, unavailable, I suppose, from an emotional point of view. So, um, a lot of the stuff in life and in teen in my teens, I had to figure out for myself in terms of women and sex and relations and all these kind of things. Didn't really have that uh, father-son connection where I could sit down and discuss these topics with him. Um, it just wasn't that kind of relationship. He was somewhat um, absent uh, in that sense. Um, and yeah, that was painful for me, but I was completely unaware of that. Of I was unaware of where that pain and anger was sourced from until later in my years. And for me, uh, I was trying to find this connection in all the wrong areas. Porn became a massive uh, influence in my life. And uh, yeah, I couldn't find the answer. I couldn't find that connection until later on in my life, until I became aware of the situation and where that pain was stemmed from. So that's the fact that you knew that throughout your teenage years, it's, it's, it is something as well and uh, to have that awareness. But for someone who's perhaps going through that situation in their own lives at the moment. Like there, there will be a lot of young guys listening to this who perhaps have have a lack of a, a father figure, uh, a lack of role model, maybe a lack of a connection to their to their dad at the moment and are feeling somewhat like you felt uh, or we felt during our teenage years. What, what could you tell them today in terms of? Yeah, I think uh, just, a, just a quote that really sticks in my mind with that question is, that our relationships form, or sorry, our wounds form in relationship and they also heal in relationship. So these, these types of things, especially when it comes to something as deep as your relationship with your father, it's not something that you can heal on your own. It's not something that you can just push through, grind it out, become successful, you know, make yourself into the man and expect that it's just going to go away. It's really something that you need to work, work through with, somebody else and especially men. Uh, I know that when you have a troubling relationship with your father or maybe he's not there at all, it can really taint how you view men in general, can make you feel suspicious, uh, unsafe, like lacking trust towards other men. And my encouragement for a man who has a, a absent father or troubling relationship with his father is to move towards that lack of trust like really try to move, move into that discomfort that you feel with men. And there's something there if you stick with it. So doing something like joining a men's group is a great thing to do. And it's something that I always recommend because it's, it really holds up a mirror to where you're at in life as a man. When you're sitting in a circle with 10 or 15 other guys, you really start to see yourself and where you're at in relationship to other men. Mm-hmm. So what was the significant impact of that men's group for you? Like what, did it offer you exactly? Yeah, I think, um, I think for me, it really offered me brotherly love, like just the pre- having the presence of men in my life. It was like the first time I've ever experienced that, uh, having, having guys that were there week after week and that wanted to actually know where I was at, what I was carrying, what I felt. And there's just something incredibly healing about that when, you've never experienced it. And even if, even if you have, 
it's just something that we're so hardwired for. We, uh, we're tribal by nature, right? And we're, we're really wired to be in relationship that way. And modern life has made us so hyper individualistic and it's not, it's just not natural for us. So we really have a longing to be around other people and other men. So just, just that alone was hugely transformative for me. Mm -hmm. And do you feel that that is part of the major issues at the moment when it comes to men, that there is a lack of connection there with other men or, or men's groups, um, especially over the last year with the isolations and the lockdowns and all of that, a lot of men have kind of um, uh, almost become recluse and uh, yeah, have lost those connections. And then you're sitting at home still with this urge to connect with somebody. Somebody mm -hmm. may become something like your gaming, alcohol, drugs, porn. Uh, so do you feel that that is perhaps one of the major issues that, that men are facing at the moment? Or is there more Absolutely. to um, I think that I think that there is an epidemic of there's an epidemic of men that are that have something called like say the lone wolf syndrome, right? Um, just thinking that you can do everything on your own, that that you're you're fine, I'm fine, everything's good, and I mean you can be fine to a point, right? But eventually, I think our stuff has a way of really coming to the surface. You can't bury it forever, so I think loneliness is definitely one thing that modern men are really struggling with and it's, it's interesting because i think a lot of guys think you know may, maybe it sounds a little bit gay uh to to encourage men to get in touch with his feelings uh to actually address what's going on underneath the surface and that's that's like a cultural taboo um but i mean there, there's two sides to it right there's one side where it's like men men do need to man up and then there's another side where you also need to man up by facing the pain that you're carrying. And it, there's usually one extreme or the other. It's, it's man up. There's no heart. It's just push through, put your head down, shut up. You don't even have pain. It's not even there. Let's not even acknowledge it. And then the other side is let's just indulge in our feelings endlessly and turn into really, really hyper feminized beta males. Um, and I think that there's, there's a, some sort of a balance point between those two sides for sure. Mm -hmm. yeah it's uh yeah again something i can relate to I, I think i did take on that lone wolf syndrome for a number of years there where uh, i try to push a lot of uh, people out of my life um like i've had a couple of friendships that that broke up um that, that again i didn't process properly or found quite difficult and then back that up with the lack of trust uh that's probably stemmed from my the relationship with my dad so i uh yeah i probably would have pushed out a lot of people in my life and it is a very lonely place to be and uh you can become so isolated sometimes i do feel that that maybe that's a a big part of this you become so isolated that you don't know how to reconnect with men uh how, how to find friends how to find people on on the same wavelength as yourself right now i think that's a massive struggle for a lot of guys as well they want to connect they want to get back out there especially now as things are starting to ease at least here anyway but they're like ah, i don't know if, if i send this guy a message he's, he's gonna think that i'm needy or he's gonna think that i'm weak you know and uh, 
I haven't spoke to that guy in two years. You know, why should I send him a message? He's going to maybe think I'm looking for something or there, there's all of these hesitations and doubts. So men are ultimately holding themselves back uh, from those connections. So has that, is that something you've experienced or how did you, how, how have you oh, helped others navigate beyond that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, even now, even with all the work that I've done in masculinity now, I, I still have that tendency. And I think it's something that we carry for life. I think that just naturally men are suspicious of other men. It's a survivalistic instinct, right? Um, if you don't know a guy, what, what benefit could you have from opening up to him if you're in a survival situation, right? It's, it, you naturally perceive other men as a threat. So it's something that it's there. It's real. It's good to know about it and to not think that it's abnormal. We all, we all have it. It's just being aware of it and acting in spite of it and moving towards people rather than using it as justification to stay separate and isolated. Yeah. 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 The awareness of it. Yeah, for sure. And using it to, uh, yeah, using it to, uh, initiate the first move as opposed to hold you back. And, uh, you, uh, obviously you work with a lot of guys you work in, uh, you've got your own men's group and you've been working with these guys for a long period of time, I'd imagine. So is there a consistent trait at the moment? Do you feel with these guys at the moment? Like, is there a consistency with that lack of connection? Is there a consistency with, uh, a need for something? Is there a consistency with a certain struggle that they're having at the moment? Yeah. What one thing that I really see frequently right now is guys really struggling in relationship to women. Um, so I don't know if you're familiar with the red pill, the, the red pill community. Um, so there's, I'm specifically talking about the red pill in relationship to women. So there's these teachers that are sort of espousing this, this wisdom about the true nature of how women really work or how the feminine really works. And a lot of the stuff is quite dark. It talks about women being hypergamous, like women uh, monkey branching from one guy to the next guy. Uh, and just, it, it really paints the picture of the darkest nature of, of women, but it kind of portrays it as the whole picture of women. So I get a lot of guys coming through in running into my content that are coming from that world with a really bitter, dark nihilistic viewpoint of women and seeing my content and being like, Hey, it seems like you're talking about the same things, but you're also, there's some hope. There's some optimism in your message. It's not all doom and gloom. So, uh, guys in their relationship to women, it's one thing that I, I really see men struggling with today, big time. Mm -hmm. So how do you peel apart that struggle and help them understand it more for, for what it really is? Well, I think, I think understanding how masculinity and femininity work together is a, is a really important step. Um, but like I said, it's also about showing that there is hope that, you know what, like women, women are in a bit of a fallen state right now. Like look, look around, right. Look at this whole only fans, uh, you know, just the, the hookup culture, dating culture, women are in a fallen state. Men are also in quite a fallen state. We're quite confused, lost. We don't really know what it means to be men anymore. Um, we're just feeling dejected, hopeless, down. And so it's both, both sexes are really feeling that way right now. Um, 
So we're all in a period of redemption, revival. We're reconnecting what it means to be a man, what it means to be a woman. And there, there there's hope. Like, you know, I, I think a lot of guys get really into the trap of, uh, oh, if she's had more than X number of partners, never going to be with her. And guys have these like really sky high standards for women. But I mean, all of us have gotten swallowed up by porn, by this degenerate hookup culture. And we're all kind of remaking ourselves. So that's a lot of what my message is really about. Mm. Do you feel like you need to go through that in order to get to that point? Or is that something you can actually, you could actually potentially navigate beyond? I think that if you grow up in a really strong family, I think you don't have to go through it. I think if you have a really strong father and you just grow up in a great family unit, uh, you can, you can have that message passed on. Hey, you know what? Don't go over there. Don't do these things. This is why. And I think you can actually pass that message on and, and have the children really receive it. Uh, for most of us though, that's not the case, right? Like, I don't know about you, but I found high speed internet porn at maybe 11 years old. Um, and I think it's, I think on average, it's probably even younger than that nowadays. So what, what chance do we have to not have an interaction with all this, all this stuff nowadays, I think. So I, I had to go through it. I spent, you know, it's funny cause I'm talking about traditional masculinity, traditional relationships, uh, all these kind of things. And man, my life was not like that growing up, right? I grew up with a single mother in a Canadian ghetto. Um, so it's interesting that I've ended up here, but this is, this is a journey that I'm seeing. My journey is reflective of a lot of people, you know, going out and doing all the things that society said for you to do, like go to the club, party, fuck around, have a good time. Uh, and you do it and you realize, oh, there's not, there's nothing here where this is the path to nowhere. It's going nowhere. Right. Yeah. You still feel that emptiness inside. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's very empty and lonely. And it's almost as if you go through that process and I've been through that process where you're, as I said to you earlier, looking for a connection or looking for something in the external to uh, satisfy this craving that you have for perhaps an attachment or a connection. But understanding that whatever you're looking for is usually within, you know, that it's maybe a broken connection within yourself that you need to, first of all, become aware of and then use that awareness then to to uh, manifest it in your own life, such as, okay, that is the problem. That's why I'm veering towards porn uh, so often. Or that's why I'm having all, all of these hookups. And that's why I still feel this emptiness and this loneliness uh, after all of these experiences. The answer is not here. The, the answer is not on this computer screen or on the phone or on in these hookups. The answer is within me. And it's the answer is that awareness that actually I am lacking something here that uh, was perhaps never given to me or something that was perhaps broken in the past that I uh, have not addressed. So that awareness, you use that awareness then to, uh, to be able to progress towards something meaningful, a meaningful connection, uh, such as you've perhaps found in your men's group yeah and i mean i also made a decision at one point that was very distinct where i decided you know i want i want to be a father and i think that's something that a lot of young men are reclaiming nowadays as well is that i think i think family gets a really bad rap nowadays like the idea of having a family um, especially young 
like there's this whole idea, you know, go to school. Once you get everything in your life together, then that's the time to have kids. But that, that date is getting pushed back further and further and further where people are 30, 35 years old. And they're like, okay, I'm 35. Let's start trying. Well, the window at that point is mostly closed, right? So there's a biological reality that, you know, we're, we're most adapted to have kids at a young age, for, especially for women. Right. Um, but they're trading their fertile years for an education and then getting established in that career. And by the time that they get around to the whole, Oh yeah, I'm actually a woman with a body that's built to bring children into the world. It's becoming too late. So this is something that I'm seeing on both sides as well, where it's a lot of young women, you know, 29, 27, 32, and they're going, Oh shit, I've been lied to. Right. Like I've, I've, I got the high powered job. I'm doing all these things and I'm miserable. And same for men. It's like, I'm going out, I'm just slaying. I'm the man I've I've gotten all the the trophies and the trinkets that, that I'm supposed to get. And I feel empty and hollow. Um, so I see a lot of men with a, there's like a pushback towards something more traditional, which is, you know, getting married, having kids, raising them up. Right. Uh, so it's really interesting to see the pendulum kind of swinging back in that direction now. Yeah, that's interesting because capitalism and career and business almost has has taken um, yeah has taken priority over family, hasn't it? Um, you know, you've got a no, no, no. Before you have a family, before you settle down, you need to have this job. You need to be earning X amount of money. You need to have your house in order. Uh, you need to have bought a house and, and have a have a family home. So like all these things have to line up, first of all, before you have a family, whereas you think now that it's somewhat gone reverse or is it a matter of, no, get all this stuff done sooner so you can have a family sooner or how is I that think, working out? I think people throughout all of time have just made it work, right? Like you you're never fully ready to be a dad. You're never fully ready to be a mom. And then, and then you are because it happened, (laughs) right? Like the best way to prepare for anything is to actually do the thing. Um, so, you know, there are people in third world countries that have seven kids and they're living in a, in something the size of like a closet and they make it, they make it work. Right. Um, but here we are living in the first world and it's like, Oh, there's no, there's no possible way. So I think, yeah, there has been a big, uh, switch. We, we prioritize the economic side over the biological side. And that's, that's clearly not really working out for us. And there's a lot of reasons for that. I think part of it is there's this idea of overpopulation and that it's selfish and it's really, yeah, it's, it's primarily that it's selfish for you to want to reproduce yourself. Right? But I think that overpopulation is a myth. It's not true. Um, and I think there's definitely an agenda to keep people from having families, which is a big part of the reason of why I'm doing what I'm doing online, because I feel like family is really the, the most basic building block, like the relationship between man and woman. If that is right, everything else flows from that in a healthy, beautiful way. If it's wrong, well, everything's twisted up, chaotic, dysfunctional. And you can see now that the relationship between man and woman is all perverted. It's upside down. It's backwards. We don't even, we can't even agree that there is such a thing as a man, man or a woman anymore. Right. So if we can't get that right, what hope do we have to get like higher level problems 
Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then in terms of the, of the family unit, uh, and I got, do you feel you have to go through a process of uh, self-improvement or self-development or, as I said earlier, you know, getting your own shit together before you become a father? Um, that somewhat there's a risk that you do rush it and you are not fulfilling your own uh, desires to a certain extent you know that there is maybe an element there where you got to go and play the field for a while and maybe sow your wild oats and then you know when you understand and come to the point where you appreciate you know what i'm done with this this is empty this is futile i want to settle down with uh, with a woman and raise a family and, and be the man um but if you're almost like kind of sacrificing those internal desires you have for the sake of um speeding up the family process that you're almost putting yourself at risk of becoming yeah not not becoming the, the, the best father you can be because you haven't given yourself the best yet you haven't got yourself in order yet i know you're saying that you know that there's a, this idea that you have to get everything right before you become a dad but i do feel there's a massive level of importance in terms of getting yourself right before you become a dad because it is a huge responsibility I do think that men should focus on getting their shit together to to an extent for sure. Um, but a lot of it is mental too, right? And I, I found it interesting what you're talking about, you know, sowing your wild oats. Um, I think a lot of guys nowadays, we think we have to go through that period where we just get out there and we do that. I don't know about you. I've tried. I've tried to exercise those demons, right? <laughs> to get to the place where I'm like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm free. I'm good. I've had my fill. I've had enough. Uh, for me, it's a never ending. It's a never ending desire. There's, there's always more, there's always new, there's always novel. And I guess for me, I feel like maybe it's better if you just never scratch that itch in the first place. Like I said, like if you come from a strong family and you just get the fact that like, Hey, you know what, son, there's nothing out there, right? Like here it is. You see that? Like it, it looks good. I know you want it. You're both want it but there's nothing, there's nothing out there. Like that, that to me sounds like a really ideal path. That's what I'm going to try to pass on to my son because I, I have tried to scratch the itch and it just doesn't go away. Yeah. I, th- I think you're right. Yeah. And the more you scratch it, the more you want to scratch it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. But understand yeah. That, uh, the, the itch that you're scratching um, cannot be scratched or cannot, <laughs> cannot be satisfied by a, uh, uh, a lot of women uh, or a lot of one night stands or a lot of these um, uh, sexual encounters. And, uh, but as I'm saying, sometimes, yeah, okay. If you've had the, the solid foundations from your childhood, maybe you can somewhat navigate beyond that because you've got a better understanding for it. But um, for myself and yourself, perhaps uh, you need to go through that process of understanding that this is fucking empty. There's nothing here. And then you say, okay, oh. Let, let's talk to you about, so you're talking about, you know, does a man need to get his shit together before you get into a family? So, I mean, what do you think that a man really needs to do before he has a family? I mean, to me, what I, what comes to my mind is uh, you need to have your career together to an extent, right? You need to pick what you're going to do. Um, I think number two is you need to be married and you need to understand that you, under, you need to understand what marriage means. 
that marriage isn't something, it's not a trial run. It's not, there's no back door. Marriage is a lifelong commitment, period. And that you make it very clear with the woman that you're with that you need to know from her explicitly that that's also how she feels. Right? That there's no, oh, you know, I'm not, I'm not feeling in love anymore. Well, you know what? Sometimes love isn't a feeling. It's a, it's a choice. It's an act of the will. Like there's going to be periods where you don't always feel it. So both people really need to be on the same page. Um, so I think that that's a big part is that you both people really understand what marriage means. It's a lifelong commitment. Um, but I mean, if, if you get that, if you're with somebody that is going to soldier on with you and not quit, then I think that that's an amazing place to bring a child into. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I think that's a, another big debate, another big issue at the moment when it comes to relationships and marriage and marriage has almost become there. There, I know you said there's no back door, but there's, it's almost as if the back door has been, has been built there and, Oh yeah. You know, if you're not happy in this marriage, you can get out, you know, the divorce is almost normalized now. And, um, it, it's, it's an easy process just to, just to leave. I know it's when there's kids involved, that's a lot, there's a lot more complications, but, there is op- always the option to leave um, and I think that option is a lot easier to take now than to actually um, yeah knuckle down and work on the relationship and um, yeah, I think that is a massive issue at the moment I, I don't know what kind of conversations you have with your men or couples in terms of when it comes to the point of should I stay or should I go yeah I think so from a very Christian perspective, I mean, it seems like the the idea is you should never leave. There's never a reason to leave. I I, I got to say that I question that a little bit because I, I have worked with with women that have been in abusive dynamics. I think like if you're if you're with a really if you're with an abusive man, to me that seems like grounds to leave. Um, if there's if there's cheating, seems like ground, grounds to leave. Uh, past that. I mean, there's very few things I think where you actually should consider leaving. And I think one, one thing that I notice is that a lot of couples do really approach relationship from a perspective of, um, does this person make me happy? Is he making me happy? And I don't think that the primary function of a marriage should be happiness, right? It's so what is it really about? Well, I think what it's really about is for me, like in my relationship, um, we have a really strong foundation and we meet, we meet each other's basic needs and she frees me up to have energy to go and pursue the things I want in life. That that's really, it, it's peaceful and it's harmonious and it's simple and it's straightforward and it's not everything. She's not my everything. It's not my everything. And she, she makes me happy, but she's not the source of my happiness. Right. Uh, and this is what I see couples getting into. It's like, they're just, they're not feeling it anymore. And they use not feeling it as justification to bail. But like I said, you're not like, you're never going to be in a permanent state of, of anything. Even if you meet somebody that's perfectly compatible for you and there's fireworks, there's intense chemistry, it's going to fade and you're going to have to put work in to keep that going. It's just a fact. Yeah. So you sound like you've got a really 
good relationship going there with, with your with, are you're married with, with a wife uh no. we're uh appro- approaching an engagement very good very good <laughs> Should we edit that bit out? Does she know about it? <laughs> yeah, maybe we should. <laughs> no, she knows. <laughs> yeah, cool. Well, um, yeah, just don't, uh, yeah, maybe don't, don't play this podcast back to her until after that happens. Um, so yeah, um, you sound like you've got, you've got a really good relationship. And um, is there some elements that you can take from your relationship uh, with your missus and uh, offer some of that? wisdom or some of those insights to men out there who are perhaps struggling with their relationship mm-hmm. or, or perhaps want that in their lives uh with, with the woman in their relationship yeah absolutely so i think uh something really important for guys to wrap their heads around is you know uh thinking about what what do you need in relationship to a woman getting very very clear about what that is and that it can't be like i said it can't be everything Right. You got, you really got to, you really got to hone in on what you need. And for me, one of the big things is it's also, what do I, what do I, what am I not going to tolerate? Right. So, uh, no drama, no chaos, no bullshit, hard line, just not going to happen. You're not going to bring that kind of stuff into my life. So when I met my girlfriend, I was explicitly clear on what I was looking for. I said, you know, this is what I'm looking for. This is what I expect. And I laid it out to her fast. You know, I said, uh, the woman that I'm going to end up with, I want her to homeschool my kids. I want to have like, I want to have five kids. No to this whole vaccine thing, hundred <laughs> <laughs> percent. And you know, this is, this is the role that I want to play in a relationship as a man. I want to provide, I want to protect. I want to do all of these things. I want to, I'm offering you these things. And this is what I expect in return. And it was, it's, it's marriage is very contractual. You know, it's, it it is marriage is a contract. And I think we forget that nowadays. It's all about, Oh, he makes me feel good. She makes me feel good. Well, that's try sustaining that for life. Just a good feeling. It's not going to work. So to me, that's huge. It's just really boiling it down to what, what do you really need? What what do I have to offer, and what does the opposite sex have to offer me? And being very very clear about that. Yeah, I like that man. That's very good. That's almost establishing your roles in the relationship, isn't it? It's like here's right off I, the bat. Yeah, exactly. Here's where I come in, and here's what I do, and here's my expectations, or here's what you do, and of course you merge together uh, to to create this relationship and ultimately a family as well. She's going to be busy one with five kids, man. <laughs> and it, it, it's so much easier to, to get it right in the beginning, you know, to, to uh, establish a proper foundation in the relationship and a, a proper frame in the relationship from day one, as opposed to having a really shitty frame where you've never talked about any of these things. There's things that you want kind of, sort of, but you haven't really got clear about them. And now you're 18 months into a relationship and you're like, Hey babe, you know, I really would like for you to homeschool our kids. And she's like, Oh, there's no way I'm doing that. Well, you just wasted 18 months by not just in, in this case, manning up and owning what you want. So I, it, it's huge. It's like, you gotta know, you gotta know who you are and wh- where you're going, what, and what you're going to fight for in life. And when you can really transmit that in a clear way to a woman, 
it's very polarizing, right? Women, women will drop what they're doing and want to come with you. There, there are some that are going to be really stubborn, really hard-headed, and they're going to say, no, well, that's fine. She's not the one for you. Um, but there are plenty of women that when they encounter something like that, when they encounter a masculine man like that, they will, they will course change. They will, they will alter their course to follow, to come with you. Yeah. Because that strength and that clarity, that focus is very attractive to a woman. Yeah. And it, it gives a woman a very clear space to groove into. Like you have to paint a picture that she can see herself in. Right. It's not like, it's not just like, Hey, I'm going this way. Like, are you fucking coming or not? It's, it's like, you have to, you have to show her what that's going to look like for her. She has to be able to see herself in that picture. Yeah, of course. And that's, that's a very important point because I think that men can ultimately shift all that focus onto themselves. Here's what I want to do in my life. I want to have this career. I want to make this money. I want to have this house. And it's like, she's sitting there wondering whether she fits into that picture or should she fit in that picture so and uh, as you said yeah you you set your expectations for her as well and i'm sure you've had a lot of pushback from women in the past before you met her when it came to this and again the reason i'm mentioning this is that this could happen to a man someone listening now taking this information on board and saying, okay, I need to, I need to set the bar here, set, set the expectations, and tell this woman what I want in my life before I proceed into a relationship with her. And he maybe does that with three or four, perhaps a dozen women, and he gets to the point where he thinks, oh, this isn't working. Like all of these women are are rejecting me, or they're um they're not coming on board. Um, maybe I need to change my approach. Maybe I need to be a little bit more submissive to the woman. Um, which again, of course, can backfire. So how did you experience those setbacks or did you have many of them before you met your girlfriend your now girlfriend oh yeah yeah so i would say that you have to you have to embrace the role of the bad guy of the enemy your, your public enemy number one as a man if you claim your masculinity and you say you know this is what i want this is who i am and this is where i'm going and i don't care what you think about it this is what I'm doing. Uh, you are definitely not going to make, well, you're going to make some friends. You're going to make some great friends, but you're also going to piss a lot of people off. Right. So yes, my girlfriend did accept my offer and Hey, this is who I am. This is where I'm going prior to that. Yes. I did have many women say you're a misogynist. You're a, you're a this, you're a that. And they would lose their shit. Um, and you, you have, you have to be willing to, to go through that. Right. Like I know, I know that I didn't, I know in my heart that I, I meant, well, I'm not, I'm not trying to offend anybody. I'm not trying to make anybody do anything that they don't want to do, but the, the, it just comes to the territory because the programming is so strong for people to live the opposite of, of what we're talking about here that you just have to accept that it comes to the territory. Like if, if you're trying to move in a traditional direction and have a traditional relationship where you're like, Hey, I want to be a man. And I want to be with a woman who wants to be a woman. You're definitely going to get pushback, and it just comes to the territory. So embrace it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, because even for even for even for women now, their perspective on how they live their lives has changed as well. You know, going back to our previous topic there, in terms of you know, it's almost education and career come first, and education and career have somewhat taken over from 
from motherhood, from family. You know, so there's a lot of women that would push back when it comes to homeschooling. You know, five kids. You know, for example. So, uh, yeah, they take it. They they interpret it as offensive, right? Um, It's it's seen as like a as going back to like the 1950s. It's like insulting. Uh, or demeaning to them to, to even insinuate, hey, you know, I want to give space for a woman who wants to be a mother to be a mother. That that's seen as like a huge insult. Um, but I mean, it, it's a beautiful thing. Like for a, for a woman, motherhood is su- it's such a beautiful thing. It's what you're built to do, right? Career, you can have a career anytime. When you're done raising kids, you can go do whatever you want to do. But like you have a short window of time where you're biologically able to bring children into the world and, and to go talk to mothers, right? Young women, go talk to mothers. Um, I, I see this all the time with, with women who, uh, they follow the path, the feminist path, the propaganda path, and they hit a point and they're miserable and then they have kids. And then all of a sudden they're like, Oh, this was my purpose all along. That this is the happiest I've ever been. And once that switch goes off, it, it's just game over, you know? Yeah, because as you said, that's what they're built to do. That's in their DNA, literally. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You, can, you can't escape it. You can't escape it. You can't. Feminism is a mindset. Femininity is an embodied state of being. It's it's intrinsic. It, it, just, it just is. You know, feminism is something you learn. But being a woman is second nature. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, fem- the the feminist movement, I suppose, is more so trying to. Uh, we're not going to go down that rabbit hole too far, but I mean, they're ultimately trying to give power to the women, but at the same time, uh, taking their power away, to a certain extent. You know, you know, they're taking control away from their natural, primal instincts and trying to. Yeah, well, they're saying they're saying that there is something higher to reach for than just being a woman and just being a mother. There's something there's something more that men have taken away from you, um, mm-hmm. and it's it's just not true. It's like, hey, you know what, women, if you want to go work, if you want to be a career woman, if you want to be a professional athlete, hey, by all means, you know. Do, do whatever you want to do. Do whatever is in your heart. I support that. I wish you all the best. What I'm saying is generally speaking, as a general rule, most women are going to be happier playing a feminine role in relationship to a masculine man. For most women, that's going to, that's going to mean becoming a mother, having children. That, that's what I'm saying. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And... Yeah, I mean, people want to debate that and everybody wants to be the exception and say, well, that's not true for me and try to buck, buck the trend. But mm-hmm. I mean, you can do it, do it at your own, at your own peril, really, I, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. And how do you see that playing out over the next number of years? Do you feel that there's going to be a shift towards uh, less career driven women? and more women driven towards uh, raising the family and having kids? Or do you feel that it's going to continue going towards career, towards um, that other direction and and family becomes uh, 
a second or third priority, if even any priority? I think that it's going to continue to move in two very different directions. I think on one hand, there will be continued, the, the, the norm of today will continue with women following the career path, going to school, doing this whole thing. And there already is now a movement of women that are reclaiming femininity and saying no to the mainstream narrative. So for example, my, my page is Masculine Revival and I have 40% of my audience is women. So a lot of people are surprised to hear that. Like, why would women want to support something like this? Well, women are really longing for the return of masculinity, of strong masculine men, of men that want to lead families, of men that want to become fathers and providers and protectors. There's something waking up in women that's really hungry for this, just as men are hungry to play the role. So I think there's definitely a pendulum swing happening right now of, of our generation. Within our generation, there are a lot of people that have tried the modern path and they they didn't find anything that was worth having. So we're looking around, we're scratching our heads and we're going, okay, well, where do we go from here? So there's this real, I think people are finding traditionalism and traditional values and they're looking back and they're saying, hey, you know what? Maybe this wasn't all oppression and patriarchy and you know all this awful stuff maybe there was actually some wisdom to this maybe there was a reason why we live this way maybe there was a reason why we're doing these things and in my case that that's what happened and i found that hey you know there is some really solid truth here mm -hmm. yeah for sure I, i'd agree with you there but i think society continues to knock on the door and say hey no, uh, you need to go to school. You need to have a career. Men, you need to go play the field. Uh, don't be settling down at 25. Go live your life. Go travel. Wait until you're 35 or almost 40 before you settle down and have your kids. Uh, it's, you know, society is, is, is uh, setting these kind of rules and standards, and you've, you've got to be strong enough to, to believe in your own rules and standards or set your own rules and standards in order to to push against that and the likes of yourself, myself and many other guys at the moment who are helping guys and women uh, on this path, you know, it, it's, it's so important at the moment. Yeah. It's, a, it's an act of rebellion in the modern world to want to live a traditional life, to want to have a family, to want to get married and stay married. Like th this is really the new counterculture of our time is to just buck the trend that's saying, you know, oh, go be, go be promiscuous, go hook up with whoever you want, go do whatever you want. This is freedom. You know, let's tear everything down and just be free. That that's sort of the, the current of society. And people like me, we're swimming upstream. We're saying, no, I'm, we're not going to do that. And so that's really what, what's happening with pages like my own. Yeah masculine revival go check him out everyone uh brendan absolute pleasure to have you on is there anywhere else that people can find you or any any uh other pages that you're on that people can check you out and get in touch yeah so everything everything i'm doing right now is on masculine revival on instagram and then i have a website masculinerevival.com you can find out more about working with me uh coaching my men's group and all that good stuff so 
brilliant. I will uh, add that to the show notes. Uh, Brendan, this was an absolutely epic conversation. Really enjoyed it. And I hope all you listeners enjoyed it too and took plenty of value from it. Until next time, man. Thank you. Thank you.